for all women. Oh hey, Mickey here. Welcome to this month's Standard Issue Gigcast. And, you know, the shows are kind of like our children, so I know I shouldn't have favourites, but I would totally give this one extra dreamies. Because I do, of course, have fur babies, not skin kids. Uh, Okay, I've made this pretty weird pretty quickly. Anyway, in this episode, Hannah and I had a brilliant chat with Jess Phillips MP, Beverly Knight and the boss herself, Sarah Milliken. Topics include bunkers, batteries, Scott Bakula, knickers in odd places, prints, and the brilliance of Jess's nan. This episode was recorded in front of a live audience at Birmingham's very first Podfest, which took place at Birmingham Town Hall in March. So yeah, it was well before all of the recent shit that Jess has been having hurled at her, which is why we don't ask her about it. Or you know, say the name Carl Benjamin and get everybody to shout cunt. Our next gig is part of the Underbelly Festival on the South Bank in that London on June the 8th, where we will be chatting to Jane Bloomin' Horrocks and other ace guests, TBA. Then we're in Canterbury on July the 21st with the excellent Scummy Mummies before we head up to Edinburgh for four gigs over three days in August. Info on all of our events can be found at www.standardissuepodcast.com. Enough of my wanging. On with the show, which I am giving all of the dreamies. Welcome to the Standard Issue Podcast. Thanks very much, you bunch of smashers. Should we do some intros? Hannah, do you want to start? Oh, am I starting? Um, yeah, okay. I, we usually say who we are, just in case you don't know. I mean, that'll be for me and Mickey mostly. But I'm Hannah Dunleavy. I am uh, one of a quarter of the Standard Issue team. And fun fact about me, I think the elastic in these knickers has gone because (laughs) when I was walking through Birmingham New Street Station, they were about here. (laughs) So apologies if you were walking behind me. (laughs) Shit you not, I was once in a paper chase buying a card for Jen, who is one of the members of Standard Issue as well, and Hannah came up and she was looking really stressed and she said, I don't know how this has happened, but my knickers are just down one leg of my trousers. (laughs) (laughs) That happens a lot. I actually think that they might have just been a pair that were floating around in the You put your trousers (laughs) back on. It's happened to everybody. You put your trousers back on. And then they drop out of the leg. And then you're like that, like that. That happened to me in front of uh, Andy Murray's mum. Oh, God. (laughs) I bet it's happened to her. (laughs) It must have. She totally styled it out. She pretended she hadn't noticed. (laughs) Beverly? I'm Beverly Knight. I sing a bit, act a bit, write a bit. (laughs) Um... Thank you. And thankfully, uh, the elastic in my knickers is pretty sturdy, so I'm, I'm doing all right. And this, this is helping, this jumpsuit thing, so I'm okay today. <laughs> yeah. Sarah? Um, hi, I'm Sarah Milliken. I am a quarter of the Standard Issue podcast team. <laughs> and a comedian and a parent of furry animals. Uh, and I, oh, a fact about me, um, a pigeon shat on my head in <laughs> Copenhagen. <laughs> Don't believe, everybody says it's a lovely place, they've still got fucking birds. <laughs> and they shat on my head and my friend, who I was with, said, come here, I'll clean it off, because she thought we were just going to stay out shopping. <laughs> she cleaned it up and to make me feel better she said I don't know if this is going to help but it's just brown sludge oh god <laughs> and I think what she meant was it's the same colour as my hair <laughs> <laughs> blended in we stayed out shopping we had a lovely day Copenhagen's great <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> it's great Jess I'm Jess Phillips and I... <laughs> thanks I mean, I literally used to work with half the people in this audience, which is why they, uh, uh, I'm from round here, uh, and uh, I'm the Member of Parliament for Birmingham Yardley. Yes, you uh, are. Some Yardley contingent in. It's come a long way down the Coventry Road. Um, and a fact about me, I, this is not the first time I've performed in this room. When I was nine, I sang in this very room to Queen Elizabeth II. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that you said that in, in case we were thinking it was, it was a Queen different Elizabeth Queen. Queen Elizabeth I was just I played to her Queen. in the Symphony Hall <laughs> on the day it opened. She, I, so yeah, I sang uh, I sang a song called Deoxyribonucleic Acid <laughs> to the Queen in this room. Deoxyribonucleic Acid. It remembers yesterday. Is the only lyric I can remember. DNA remembers yesterday. There we go. That was. Uh, you can you can you can have that one there. And and already doing sterling work to my right. <laughs> we have got Rachel and Claire signing for us today. So a big whoop for them. And I'm Mickey Noonan, and I am also a quarter of the Standard Issue podcast team. And um, the last time I chatted to Jess on stage, she asked me the question whether if I had the choice between getting a really nice boyfriend or her being Prime Minister, which would I choose? And I said, Jess being Prime Minister. Hey. Sorry, guys, I've fucked that up. (laughs) He might turn out to be a rotter. Personally, I'm very happy, but I do feel responsible for the entire shit show that's going on at the moment. Yeah. Sars. I mean, you've done it. I can't do it now. I mean, I'm quite relieved because it was weighing heavily on my shoulders. Yeah, Jess introduced us. (laughs) Hannah, do you have a question? I do. As we are in the fine city of Birmingham, I would like to know who your favourite Birmingham woman is. Beverly Knight. Oh, well, when I was growing up, um, watching um, people on TV who looked like me was not really that common, shall we say. So if we saw anybody um, who, who was black on the telly, you'd literally phone up, there's a black person on the telly, put on the telly now, now, quick, now, now. Ah, it's gone now. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's... We literally got excited. So seeing, like, Rusty Lee growing up was like, oh, my God. And she kind of reminded me of an auntie. And I was sw- I swear she was related to me somehow. But all the- I-, I say that about anybody who's got my accent and he's black. I'm like, yeah. oh, they're related. But I was so, so glad to-, to see someone like her kind of represent the food and the culture that I was yeah. so a part of my life and um, it just made me feel warm and snugly inside and that laugh I mean that laugh is just just joyous yeah loved her great she was proper exuberant wasn't she yeah yeah, yeah. I just loved her love the bones of her still do <laughs> Sarah um can I have three <laughs> I just want to Go name on, some then. excellent female comics who are from uh, Birmingham or live in Birmingham or around the surrounding areas and they are uh, Joe Enright, uh, Janice Conley and Karen Bailey and they're all, they're all excellently funny and brilliant women and adorable and I love them all dearly uh, and also selfishly uh, my husband is from sort of Birmingham, not really, nearby so I really like his mum because like, if she hadn't done the dirty uh, with his dad then I might still be fucking single (laughs) so hooray for her as well I uh, swim with Janice Connolly every uh, Sunday morning at we don't we don't like look at each other or because we're both just like we don't talk in this situation when we're wearing uh, swimming hats but every Sunday morning at Mosley Baths should anyone care to join in uh, you can swim with me and Janice Conley not talking to each other. Uh, <laughs> if you want to. I don't know who my favourite Birmingham woman is, uh, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, I mean, I really liked my mum. She was excellent. Uh-huh. She was from Birmingham. And my nan, she was also excellent and also from Birmingham. Um, but famous Birmingham women, does it have to be No, famous? they don't need no, to be famous. I oh, just okay. said favourite. They don't have to be famous. No. All right, I'm going to have my nan, then I'm going to have my nan. She was absolutely excellent. Uh, she grew up in the pub uh, next door to the pub where Peaky Blinders is based. Mm-hmm. Um, and like her house was cleared in the slum and she had a horrible auntie, like a proper like nan story. Uh, she had a horrible auntie and 
basically got to marry my granddad, who was a nice granddad, but a horrible, horrible husband. I had lots of aunties who all looked like Bet Lynch when I was growing <laughs> up. <laughs> I had two different Auntie Ivies. Maybe he only went out with floozies called Ivy, as well. my grandma used to call her. Um, but my nan was like, she was Nails. She was dinner lady in Yardley at Cockshire Hill School. And uh, she was totally Nails. And she, I, I remember on one occasion being with her when she stood up to like bother boys from the National Front on the bus. Yes. Just as like a little old lady. And she used to go and chain herself to stuff. Like, uh, <laughs> like when they wouldn't let, uh, when the South Africans wouldn't let black people play mm. um, in and she they used to go and protest at like the uh, at the grounds so at Edgebaston and uh, cricket ground and stuff so yeah my nan she was like a little old lady from Yardley who was like a total badass yeah. also she used to say to people in the street that top is no friend of yours <laughs> oh my god She, she was excellent. She sounds wicked. Yeah, she was excellent. She was yeah. called Jess as well. Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, talking of people standing up to, uh, like, shitbags, I'm going to go for Sophia Khan. And she, yeah. 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 Good. Yeah, she was a young woman, if you didn't know, in a specials T-shirt, so already winning in my eyes, who squared up and, in fact, smiled in the face of an EDL protester. And just a little another fact, because you've got shitloads of brilliant women in your history, Birmingham. Well done. Um, the first female journalist was from Birmingham, the fabulously named Mary Bethel Beauclerk. So she gets a tip of the hat as well. Hannah, what about you? Um, well, when you said you were going to pick three funny women, I thought, oh, she's going to steal mine. Um, I would say I think Julie Walters is made of magic. Fabulous. I mean, she's from Smethwick, but I'm going to just let that one go. <laughs> Fucking hell, who invited Google Maps? The, 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 the distinct uh, Birmingham versus the black country. Say, here. Um, there is, there have is. Have I committed there a is. terrible <laughs> part? Okay, well, in the Birmingham <laughs> She's got a Birmingham area. Accent. Um, and Mira Sayal is fantastic. Oh, she is yeah, from Birmingham. You yeah. can, oh, no, I think she's from Wolverhampton. <laughs> you know, it's all the same to us. I'm so <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm going to be a Midlands fashion. <laughs> okay, again, in the wider region of this area. <laughs> okay, so let's move on from that to lighter times. We have been building a Brexit bunker because uh, we all need one and so I would like to know and I'm going to start with Jess what are the three things that you are allowed to take into your Brexit bunker what are they oh Jesus Christ he's not available he's allowed <laughs> <laughs> I was funny enough I went to visit a mosque the other day um, it was like visit your mosque day and I took my son and uh, it in Islam, they believe in Jesus Christ and they believe that he will come again. And uh, one of the blokes at the mosque said, I wonder if he could come soon and we definitely need... <laughs> definitely come before the 29th of March. That'd be excellent. Um, so what would I take into my bunker? Can I take people? Yeah. Okay, well, I would take my husband and my two children, which I know is slightly sort of lame, but I I'm totally de-skilled without them. I wouldn't be able to switch on the TV or eat <laughs> anything without them with me. So I'm going to take, yeah, Danny, and ha Danny, who is in the audience somewhere, uh, and Harry and my husband, Tom, who is a proper, like, bush tuckery as well. Like, he can, he can make you, like, ama amazing shit out of an old car battery. So, but who are you going to eat first? <laughs> Danny, he's got loads of meat on his bones. <laughs> Sarah, what about you? Um, well, my parents have sort of got a cupboard. That, you know how parents have that, a cupboard of stuff mm. for if there's a war? <laughs> so maybe we could just adapt that cupboard. Yeah. Um, but the problem is the cupboard's full of toiletries. They've got, like, 40 hand washers. And, like, so if there is any kind of fallout, then we'd all be lovely and clean, but we'd be <laughs> fucking starving. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I felt like I was just going to say loads of tins, because that feels like a good thing, but then you've gone, family members. <laughs> <laughs> and now I feel like an arsehole. I wouldn't so, be able to open a tin without them. <laughs> take a tin opener. <laughs> I don't know what that is. That is. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, tins. And I've also, when you said that your husband's quite bush tuckery, I've got, I've got a really good flick knife. 
Um, it's like a knife for... It's supposed to be for if you go camping, like a camping knife. And when I bought it, I bought it... When I tour, I get sore throats a lot. So I take lemon and ginger everywhere. And nowhere has a fucking knife. So I just thought, I'll just carry a knife. So I got this really... <laughs> a knife that could, like... Deborn a rabbit. <laughs> and I'm like, but will it cut ginger? What a fucking asshole I am. Um, and the guy in the shop instantly recognised me and he was like, I'm going to tell everybody that you carry a knife. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so some tins, some tin openers. Uh, you can have a tin opener if you like. And yeah, just loads of custard. I think that's it. Just loads of custard. Because if anything, I could just bath in it and that would make me really happy. <laughs> Beverly? Um, well, I probably would have to take my little fur boy, my little Zane, just to cuddle him and, you know, feel is, like is it's going to be dog? right. He is a dog. He's a rescue from Spain. So I can remember the good old days when, you know, he was just driven with no <laughs> Free big movement. old... Yeah. Exactly. With no big old palaver. Um, yeah, and I would just... i just have him just kind of sit there on my lap and I just you know think good thoughts while the world around me goes to absolute shit I know me and Zane are all right I suppose my husband has to come with Zane as well so I'll throw James can cook he's a wicked cook so what can, what can he do him. with custard <laughs> uh, Mm, well, um, <laughs> oh no! I can't say you what can't to do with my, custard on a pot. Off my custard for that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely. That's really bad that I had Zane before my husband. But anyway, um, I'd, I'd bring uh, little Zane and and yeah, James because he can properly cook. Uh, and then I'd have to have. Uh, well, my phone would be on me, even though the roaming charges would be astronomical, probably. But um, um, I'd have a speaker so I could blast out some tunes. Because when music's playing, everything is all right in the world. Well, at least it'll be in the bunker, I don't know about out there. But <laughs> it, music makes everything feel better, at least, for me. So, yeah, Zane, music and... and um, Speaker and food, and I'm good. And your husband, he fell off the list. I'm my husband dropped knows. off. Sorry, James. <laughs> Replaced by a He's speaker. Just, it was him or food. <laughs> it, yeah, sorry, James. <laughs> Hannah? Uh, tea bags. My life is a just constant uh, obsession with where I'm going to get my next cup of tea from. So yeah. I actually have stockpiled approximately 4,000 tea bags in my house <laughs> just in case Brexit goes badly anyway. So I take them with me. Cheese because it's amazing. And, um, <laughs> and also, possibly, my laptop. I don't know how long it would last, but I've, I, I need to continue watching the last five minutes of this week's Alan Partridge. I'm, I think I'm up to about <laughs> 472 times. Um, so that would just keep me happy. Tea, cheese, Partridge. Awesome. I think I'd be okay. Yeah. I right. do have friends and family and pets, obviously, but <laughs> they're on their own. They've got their own bunkers, right? Yeah, they yeah. are. Yeah. Ribena, vibrator, batteries. <laughs> is the Ribena to drink or is it... Yeah, it's thirsty yeah, it's... work, mate. It's thirsty yeah. work. I wasn't sure if it just acted as a... No, it's not too My bad. husband genuinely has like a plan for the zombie apocalypse that he's had for ages and he like drew it up on like a genuine spreadsheet. And the first <laughs> thing that you have to do in the zombie apocalypse, the first thing he would do after I just said I'd take him in the bunker is to kill me and my children <laughs> because you can't have emotional ties if you want to win in the zombie apocalypse. Oh, my God. <laughs> also, do you know what? You have to... You also, I've looked up... It. You also wow. have to cut your hair short, not doing that... And you have to wear lycra. Fuck off, I'll just get eaten. <laughs> Why? Because then you can't be grabbed. Oh, I see, I yeah. see, yeah. So oh, lycra, and you think, no, it's, I'll just get eaten by the zombies. I'll, I'll save other people by being, you know, the, the meal where they all run away. He's right, though, <laughs> because if you've got to worry about who you bring in with you and making sure they're all all right, you're not surging forward to build, like, an armed base on the Isle of Wight. It's true. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> Everyone write down Isle of Wight. Apparently that's where we're heading. <laughs> Um, yeah, Clarky cat. My cat was uh, top of my list, and then I was like, "Oh, I need cat food and cat litter." I'm like, "Oh, that's my three things." Yeah. So yeah, I kept it more basic. <laughs> Hannah, do you have another question? I do. Can I run it past you? What was that sign for vibrator again? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you've got the 
best view, uh, I think. And uh, the, the listeners of the podcast, it's exactly what you think it would be. <laughs> I have a proper question now. Um, if you could invent one thing that would change the quality of your life oh. enormously, um, what do you think that would be? Mm. Let's start with Mick, unconventionally. That is unconventional. Um, I would invent something that gave me the benefits of exercise without having to do any exercise. <laughs> <sighs> I just have to think about like spinning, and I'd be like, oh. What a workout. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Nothing else. Sarah? Um, magic shoes. Because uh, I travel loads. Uh, so I drove to Norwich and back yesterday. And that was a decent length of time. And I think if I could click my heels together mm, and just arrive somewhere, I would be very happy. That would be great. Yeah, Good invention. I wouldn't get as many podcasts listened to but it would just be nice to not be constantly eating crisps in a car. I know there's some of that I can control. I could just not eat the crisps. <laughs> but driving's really boring on motorways all day, so I eat a lot of crisps. Beverly? Um, I, I travel a lot, and, um, I, and, and I love it, and I love to converse with people. So um, probably something that I could just implant just under the skin so I can instantly speak the language of whoever I'm talking to, wherever they are in the world, because it's just... Like a babelfish. Babelfish, yeah. A what? Babelfish, like in the Hitchhiker's Guide oh, to the Galaxy. Oh. There's a fish. <laughs> it's not a real thing uh, that goes exactly. in your... Also, yeah. they did make... There is, like, you can Google... and Babelfish is a thing that you can use... Which translates, yeah. yeah. But I just want to warn people to be very careful because when I was in South America, I was using a certain internet that was like a, a computer room every day and I wanted to say to the guy, thanks, I've finished. So the next time I'd looked it up and I went in and I went, oh, thanks, I've finished. And he looked at me like... And um, then I got chatting to an Argentine and apparently I'd gone, thank you, I've come. Oh, dear. <laughs> Did he just go in and wipe the seat down after you? <laughs> See, I, I, just, I just did some shows in Switzerland mm. where the menus, which is the most important thing I can ever read, uh, were yeah, in German. And I've got A-level German, but that was 20 years ago. And there's a Google Translate where you download... This is, I didn't, this is, sounds like science fiction to me, where you download the language and you hover over the menu yeah. and it changes in front of your eyes to, the, to English yeah. or to whichever language. You really? Want. It was incredible. But is it's it a not... proper translation or is it like well, that crappy... It's, it's a gist. Uh, Google gist. Um, <laughs> because my friend who's vegetarian had parsnip soup until she was spooning it up and then realised there was bacon in it as well. Oh, so shit. we didn't do that well. But then I ate both bowls of soup because I don't like waste. <laughs> and then I got the nickname Two Soups, which I was very happy with. <laughs> I was really happy with that. <laughs> Jess? I don't know what I'd invent to dramatically improve my life. At the moment, just sort of like a random generating decision-making machine would be nice. Mm. Which, yeah, an algorithm that took out fucking stupid ideology from people's decision-making um, would be excellent right now. But I don't really know. What's the worst quality thing in my life? <sighs> I mean, it is, it is Theresa May at the moment. <laughs> she is the worst thing in my life. So I would yep. replace her with an invented better prime minister. <laughs> yep. I think we'd all be yeah. grateful yeah. for that. I'll take that. Yeah. Proud from that. Which, which can't be you unless Mickey gets de-engaged. She... <laughs> oh, I'm 42. It's taken me ages. <laughs> It wasn't that long ago that we did that podcast, so I think it's quite quick that you're already engaged. 42, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Moving <Fair> it forward. <laughs> Moving it forward. Hannah, what are you inventing? Well, it seemed like a sensible answer when I said it, but now you said that thing about your Brexit bunker, I just think batteries that lasted. Yeah. That... Uh, I walked here from Birmingham New Street Station and my phone just died and oh. I, I think you should be able to have some sort of dynamo system whereas if you're walking your phone keeps alive you're like oh shit I need to get somewhere and just like, do that while it charges up will that battery work idea. with my vibrator <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Because then you could actually take some, something else in there if that worked. Awesome. In, I've just come back from my European tour. And in, I think Stockholm, I can't remember, I went to different places. I think in, in Stockholm Airport, they have a little table that you can sit at where you can pedal a bike and you can charge your phone. So you yeah. can actually do that, really? pedal a bike and charge your phone at the same time. Also, the technology definitely exists for our phone batteries to last for much, much longer. Mm. Um, battery tech is going to come on, so I think you're going to get your wish, whereas we are still stuck with Theresa May. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yours is invented. Beverly's is sort of invented with Google Gist. Could you do it to faces if someone's talking? <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be good. I don't think it works that way, but that would be just rude and make them go away, which might be what you want anyway. <laughs> um, I am going to touch on something that Beverly mentioned earlier, and that is that you said in your bunker you'd have music because music just makes you feel mm. better. So... I would like to know what music you go to when you are feeling emotional, and that can be happy or sad or stressed to fuck. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start with you, Beverly. Um, well, at the moment, with uh, I know we keep talking about Brexit, but I've got to. <laughs> with all of that going on, I'm listening to a lot of Bob Marley right now because I just feel as though there's. I just, it, it's just so positive and it's, it's like, you know what, get up, stand up, stand up for your rights, which was opposite for yesterday. Um, and I, I, need, I need music to, to get all of that kind of angsty stuff out. So I have to turn to someone who's got something to say. I mean, if I'm, if I'm just happy and I'm in a really good place, it's um, usually the funk. I like to go to, you know, you like Earth, Wind and Fire or Missy Elliott or something that's just fun stuff. Um, but when, I, when I'm really, when I'm blue, Sister Aretha does it for me. I need to hear that soulful voice just to lift me up out of that place and take me to somewhere else. So I, my, my music um, library is vast. I'm, I love, I live for music. Um, but uh, yeah, Aretha really, really just stirs me. She, she's like a, a, a go-to um, when I'm in a really dark, dark place. When my friend um, passed away um, a number of years ago now, I, I listened to Aretha constantly, and I credit her with enabling me to just get back on and, and get writing songs again. So, Because for ages, I just stopped. I was like, I can't, I can't do it. And yeah, Sister Aretha, she helped me back on the... On the on the train back to to, to Happyville. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Aww. Nice. <laughs> that for a Would have been her birthday tomorrow as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. March twenty fifth. Absolutely. Do you know every famous singer's birthday? Sure, but we don't have time. So. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Go on. Who are you going to? No, I don't. I can't pass this quiz. <laughs> I can't pass this quiz. Sarah, what music do you go to? Um. So for concentrating, I have a different... So when I wrote my book, I knew I was going to have to write in a like noisy house and I was going to have to sit for hours at a time. And So I picked... <laughs> uh, well, I like uh, orchestral music, but I don't know enough. Uh, so I'll do like, oh, I like that one off the advert, and then people hate me for saying that because I'm <laughs> supposed to know that it's Tchaikovsky. <laughs> I don't know any of those things. Um, but I did, I found the music from Sense and Sensibility really calm, and I think because it's one of my favourite films. And then I learned that that was by Patrick Doyle, so then I listened to a lot of Patrick Doyle. So I had that on quite loud while I was, I can't have words while I'm mm. typing, while I'm working. Mm. Um, but also, like to cheer me up, I find music changes your mood so quickly. Massively. It? it can really lift yeah. you up. And I was once driving to, it was a friend of mine's 50th birthday party, and I was driving with my husband. He was driving, I was in the passenger seat. And after about 20 minutes, I said to him, I feel really low today. And he said, yeah, I said, yeah, I don't know why. I just feel really blue. I feel really sad. And then he, I said, I don't know what it is. It's just sort of come on. And he said, oh, I've been playing the Smiths the whole journey. Yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that'll do it. That'll do it. Yeah, that'll do so it. I put uh, Pharrell uh, Happy on and I just danced like a loon and I felt instantly better. So I think that digs me out of any hole I'm in. <laughs> Oh, that's lovely. I just have an image of you just waving gladioli and not knowing why. <laughs> yeah. What's happened? What's happened? Yes, what about you? 
Um, when I'm the most stressed I've ever been, the only thing that could make me feel better was some music. I'm going to sound like Alan Wicker now. I was recently in Tanzania. <laughs> and, uh, it, the, the choices were an eight-hour overland, very rickety travelling to the border of Burundi and Rwanda to go to a humanitarian zone, um, and or 45 minutes in a light aircraft that the UN was taking supplies in, and this was an aircraft that had four seats in it. Mm-hmm. And I opted for the... F- the 45 minutes in a light aircraft and then I totally shut myself <laughs> like, and I was I was so I was so frightened I mean I was flying over Kilimanjaro I was flying over the Serengeti like it was like really beautiful I didn't open my eyes once um <laughs> and I just had to literally put my head down because I was I was actually weeping I was so frightened um I'll never do it again ever take the take the van um, and I just listened over and over again to uh, the song um, Dangerous Love by Fuso DG and Sean Paul. Uh, <laughs> it, I really like it. Like my, my, it's got an amazing video. Look it up. It's got an amazing video where these, this woman does... They, they did like an open cast audition and everyone had to send in videos of an amazing dance to this song and the dance that they do in the video is absolutely amazing um and so me and my friends who are not a 21 year old professional dancer but a load of 40 year old women pissed in a house in Mallorca thought we could learn to do the dance uh we were wrong um but we did try a lot and so I just listened to that on a loop constantly for the whole 45 minutes just thinking of me and my friends dancing um so that I could bear to land so that I'm gonna go for that yeah use ODG Sean Paul Check it out. Have you have you been rocking it again recently? Um, yeah, yes, <laughs> quite a lot recently. Uh, th- we should play some music in the House of Commons. Uh, maybe that would make things slightly better. Yeah. yeah. If there was some music, like incidental music, as you were walking around, but it would be like. No, it'd be Yakety Sax, the Benny Hill theme tune. Yeah, maybe that would make it better. We sometimes have like a band in at Christmas, the Salvation Army in at Christmas. Um, and you just I, call the Salvation Army a band. A band. <laughs> you know. They come in at Christmas and do carols, and there's the twat on the bridge playing his bagpipes. You can hear in every single room. Um, <laughs> so maybe uh, I really, I mean, I was watching that. Um, there was like a spy drama. I can't remember uh, the Constant Gardener was it or one of those spied, oh, the night manager, and they kept, like, meeting up on Westminster Bridge, and my husband kept saying, I can't believe that, because the twat's not there playing. <laughs> <laughs> the suspension of disbelief has gone because there's no bagpipes playing in the background. <laughs> Hannah, what about you? I don't know, I've been struggling with this question a bit, but what Beverly said reminded me of something. Um, uh, Sam Cooke, live at Harlem Square Club, is just, it's like, incredible. about 40 minutes of joy. It's incredible. So I do love listening to that, because... Yeah especially when you've got earphones in, because you can hear the crowd in the background just going insane. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that always peps up an afternoon, I think. Uh, You? (laughs) I think I probably have to hand in my feminist credentials, uh, but it's Guns N' Roses' appetite for destruction. (laughs) Oh, oh, hello. Uh, No matter what mood I'm in, it kind of makes it better. And I kind of discovered them when I was being really badly bullied as a kid, and it just felt like I had five really rude friends that I kept in my bedroom conned my mum into getting me that she had SO tokens and I got appetite for destruction at the garage and I I took off the parental warning sticker (laughs) before um, yeah so it just meant that when I went into school I felt like I had them on my side and I could I could just get through the day and also my vocabulary was much more colourful (laughs) <laughs> they were playing it in our Asda in King's Heath the other day and my husband was like can you believe that like this is acceptable now to play Guns N' Roses in an Asda <laughs> seriously if we get a no deal Brexit they're all, all supermarkets are going to be playing Welcome to the Jungle <laughs> sweeping stuff off shelves <laughs> I was in Tesco not that long ago and they were selling uh, the best of the Pixies and I thought that's it my youth is dead yeah exactly it's just gone <laughs> actually playing it in the Asda, <laughs> like it was on the sound system. I was like, this is so weird. I'm just looking for rice. 
<laughs> Guns and Roses. And also, the other joy of Guns and Roses is whenever you hear November Rain, it will be Dawn French that you imagine stood <laughs> on a cliff in a top hat with her hair blowing in the wind. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Question. What's your favourite regional expression from your neck of the woods? I'm going to start with Sarah. Oh, from my neck of the woods? Um, I thought it was from here. Well, from, it could be from here. It could be you know, from wherever. What I perceive to be Birmingham, which we've worked at is now the Midlands. <laughs> 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 Although, having said that, I looked it up. So I like the word chopsy, but I've looked it up. I thought it was black country, but I've looked it up and it was stoke, apparently. So it's completely... Oh, <laughs> big fan of stoke in. Well done. Um, so I like the word chopsy, meaning sort of gobshite talking back and you know making your yeah. mouth go um, but from my neck of the woods oh well it's got to be how do we end shite uh, <laughs> which basically means I do not believe you uh, <laughs> I do not believe you how do we end shite uh, and yeah so that's probably mine I think from my neck of the woods sorry I was I was looking at you but can I look at the trans the the signer can you do how do we end shite again please <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good it's pretty good I like it can you just come with me wherever I go? <laughs> Jess? Um, I didn't realise that we had all the words that we have in Birmingham um, until I went to university in Leeds and people didn't understand mm. what I was saying. <laughs> like the word gamble, people. Yeah. Yes! Uh, that exactly. I was just like... That is what we were taught at school. That is exactly. not like a regional thing. Yeah. Do you know what a gambol is? No. no. There you go. It's just a forward roll. Forward roll. It's just, yeah. I mean, I have no idea that that wasn't a thing that everybody said. I thought, I, I genuinely <laughs> thought that was a thing. That, no, like we were taught it literally by our teachers. So I don't know why. So I, I didn't really realise that we had, uh, uh, I, I really like, the, thing, the best thing about Birmingham, if Birmingham, like, you know, it, it's sort of really sarcastic and not very earnest and sort of is able to take the piss out of itself. Um, and that's, like, my favourite thing about Birmingham is that we're just sort of like, yeah, whatever, about almost anything. Mm -hmm. It's why, you know, you don't really get, like, political rallies in Birmingham because people would just be like, I mean, it is bad, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never mind, never mind. Probably be all right. Uh, and... <laughs> And to, and to say something is all right is the highest form of praise that you could... I mean, it's all right, yeah. That, that literally means it's the best thing ever. That's true. Uh, yeah, that I really, true. really like that. And that all right means absolutely anything. Yeah. You can say it in any context, say all right in any way. Um, but because we're like, we like to sort of take the piss out of ourselves, my nan always used to say um, that uh, if you've got a bub on yourself, so anyone who's got a bub on themselves... Like, basically, just, you're a bit pleased with yourself. Mm -hmm. um, that, and that's the worst offence a person could ever commit <laughs> in Birmingham, is to be a bit pleased with myself, themselves. I, I now live in Moseley in Birmingham, which my mum used to call Muesley. <laughs> and, um, and she always used to say, the thing is with people from Moseley is they're just a bit pleased with themselves. <laughs> so, yeah, having a bob on yourself, I'd say, is my favourite. Beverly? Um... Well, I, I just love when I meet people and um, I say, you know, all right. <laughs> Picking up from the all right. And how uh, been you? How am you? And people look at you like, what just came out of your mouth? What language was that? And you, how am you? You all right? How am you? Uh, not a clue. And so, how are you today? Yeah. And, you know, how have you been? And I, I didn't realise just how, how deep it went, you know, the, the, the black country lingo until I stepped out of that shadow. When I first went to, to university and, and, and said things like, Tara a bit. <laughs> and no, like, blank. People from Devon just like, no, she's weird, she's weird. And I, I, you really, you, you say things and you just yeah. do not think um, that people would just, like, look at you and just think you're speaking a foreign language. And, and it's literally until you step out your, your, your bubble. I mean, everybody, I thought everybody knew what Boston was. Mm. Just... It's Boston, eh? You, that's what you'd say. But 
outside of our hallowed turf of yeah, Birmingham, the black country, enough. people just have not got a clue. And they're missing out. Yeah, they are. They're missing out on the richness, the lexicon of our language. That's all I can mm. say. Be- Beverly, have you, have you got Boston into any of your songs? <laughs> I haven't, but I've, I, I'm always challenged by people to say, sneak Boston um, or get Wolverhampton or something into an interview, and I manage it most times. So, <laughs> you know, if you listen to me being interviewed, you will hear a little Boston in there. Just slipped in. Yeah. <laughs> What's the correct emphasis for Boston? Boston. Just Boston. It's just, yeah. And it's the intonation. Uh, yeah, it's just... Boston. That's, yeah, that's Boston. <laughs> Boston. Can I get away with it? It's Boston. Yeah. Good <laughs> stuff. Mickey? So, uh, all my family are from Liverpool, and I grew up thinking this was a Scouse thing. I've never lived in Liverpool myself, but I thought it was a Scouse thing. And um, it was whenever we went round to my gran and granddad's, my granddad always go, Hello, cocker. Hello, cocker. Turns out it's just my granddad. <laughs> not a scouse thing at all <laughs> but I did, a, I did the eulogy at his funeral last year and so when I started I said hello cockers and you know everyone was like oh Vic not a dry I mean easy crowd to get to cry <laughs> <laughs> but <I> did <laughs> cocker Aww. Hannah yeah well I mean I come from Buckinghamshire which has no words <laughs> that are just normal words um, but my grandparents were all Irish so yeah they used to say a lot of that stuff actually sounds like like what you were saying earlier because they, they, my nan used to say amantai amantai yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and amant is a nut my mum used to say when I said amant so then I started calling <laughs> almonds amants <laughs> <laughs> but she had a great collection of words that meant idiot that were better than idiot like Egypt which is everybody knows but yeah. she also used to say a thing omadorn and I never I think that was a word she made up I've no, I don't even know how to spell it to Google it to see if anybody else uses it. But she used to say that he was a total Omadorn. Don't know We've what it got meant. like um, be, the, the, the Jamaican heritage. There is, I mean, there's endless words that just just straight up don't exist, <laughs> but they use it in Jamaica, and you say it, and everyone knows what you're on about. Um, when when we're in the market, I was young one day. Went to the market with mum. And it was one of those Saturday markets and you're like, every single, the whole of Jamaica who, who moved from Jamaica to, to Wolverhampton's there. So you know you're going to be there for hours. And, oh, is this your middle daughter? Oh, what a way she look older. Oh, hello, Beverly. You know, oh, Jesus, can we just hurry up and go home? And I remember watching this woman arguing with um, the guy who was selling fruit and veg. And little kid nosing into the conversation I'm hearing hearing her and she says well I don't want that one and the guy what's wrong with it there's nothing wrong with it no it looked too chowy chowy (laughs) (laughs) chowy chowy mom what does chowy chowy mean and my mom was laughing because it obviously it's a made-up word but what she meant is it looked a bit gnarly on the outside and rather than say gnarly, she's just plucked a word yeah. and then times dipped by two. And that's typical, typical Jamaican is if rather than say it's very something, you say the word twice. Yeah. So, you know, it big, big, it tough, tough. And yeah, so... Um, <laughs> You go to school with Jamaican parents and, and end up saying things like chowy chowy. And yeah, you, you really, people really did think I was an alien because yeah. of Jamaican heritage. But, uh, you know, it's just part of who I am. So I love that doubling down. Yeah. 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 Say it twice. Yeah. yeah. Say it twice. Can you try that in Parliament? <laughs> this is shit Theresa shit. May says the same fucking thing every fucking day. I mean, she could be replaced by the toilet voice on the Virgin train. Change the record, love. It's like meaningful vote Tokyo Drift we're on now. Just unbelievable. She never says anything different. So she's already done, she's already just saying everything over and over again, isn't it? <laughs> Let's, let's take you back in time <laughs> to a land before Brexit. Um, and I would like to know what your childhood bedroom was like. And I am going to start with the boss. 
Sarah Millican. Oh, um, very small. My bedroom, I'm the second and youngest, so I got the box room, the one above the porch. Uh, so it's about the same size as a porch. <laughs> uh, my sister got the big room. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with it. Uh, but I had more stuff than she had. I had so much stuff. She was quite minimalist. Waste of that fucking big bedroom, wasn't it? <laughs> and I once had a shelf above my bed that was full of videos. Anybody young in, ask your parents. And <laughs> the, the shelf fell down and all the videos landed on me in the night. Oh. Uh, it was fine and quite robust. Uh, so my dad then put it back up again. Rather than putting it somewhere else, there was nowhere else to put it, and I still had videos. I mean, where was a day at the zoo with Philip Schofield going to go after that? <laughs> Genuine video. <laughs> they didn't make it into a DVD, weirdly. Um, so my dad put the shelf back up and then put it on so hard that he said I could sit on it if I wanted. <laughs> right, so that was permanent. And then put the videos back on so that I was safe. But most parents would just go, well, we'll just put those videos somewhere else. No, there's nowhere else to put them in the tiny fucking minuscule bedroom. <laughs> and then I did buy, I had a tiny corner that had nothing in it because I don't really do space. So I was like, got to put something in that. So I bought a, like a big wicker chair that you had to move every time you went into the wardrobe. You know, one of those bits of pointless furniture that you're just permanently moving. And then somebody told me much later on that it's a Sylvia Crystal chair. Do you know her? From the soft porn? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was naked on hers and she is braver than I because even with a cushion, some of those wicker bits were still very pointy. Must have looked very damaged down there. Uh, to be fair, she's in soft porn. It's probably raggy anyway. Um, but yeah, so I had a Sylvia Crystal chair from the soft porn and too many Philip Schofield videos, as if there's such a thing. Uh, <laughs> Hope you've all got a good idea of what I'm like now. Did you used to use Philip Schofield as soft porn? <laughs> No, I didn't touch down there for a very long time. <laughs> uh, uh, somebody pointed that out. Uh, somebody once asked me, you know when people, like, girls get a bit drunk and they're like, ooh, do you... And you no. Uh, never touched it, not for years. No. Uh, made up for lost time, obviously. <laughs> uh, and do still use Philip Schofield now, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Is it the money supermarket dig up, dig adverts? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm really sorry to the lady who's signing uh, that you had to, <laughs> so you had to deal with all of that. Sorry, everybody. I'm not. I'm not. I'm really not. I should be sorry, but I'm not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's uh, down there is great. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Genuinely, we've been on for 50 minutes, longest I've ever gone without touching it. <laughs> Beverly? Christ. Um, how is she I, down there? <laughs> exactly. Um, the, I uh, am the middle of, of, of three. So my sister had the room and then along comes me and uh, my dad was... My dad was builder and had his own business doing that and it's brilliant so um me and my sister had to share um the room which eventually became mine because one of the biggest in the whole house but um when we were really young it was me and my sister and we had the twin bed and and everything and then my sister moved out into the new bedroom which was above the garage that my dad built which was nice and spacious and that but cold so I was like bad luck sis uh, that's on you I get this great big space and the first thing I did was paint it purple well I asked my dad if I could paint it purple and um, he agreed so purple 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 because um, most of my life I was obsessed with Prince so Prince was all over my room Prince posters Prince every Prince on the ceiling everywhere that I could find a little space in he went bless him he is quite small yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Most of them. laughs> 
<laughs> so there was play. My, it got to a point where my mom just point blank refused to go in my room because she said, I'm sick to death of looking at that man. I'm sick of him. <laughs> so my mom, um, but yeah, it was, it was um, lots of um, quotes as well that I'd, I thought I was so artistic and so cool and so like, oh my God, I'm so thoughtful and ahead of my time. All my school friends are listening to Bross and I'm musing on Prince lyrics because I'm so deep. So I would write out like lyrics from his, his songs and like put them, when I found space, in the, um, in the, on the walls as well. So yeah, my, my room was just, full of of prints staring back at me basically and there was music everywhere all my like vinyls that I'd collected and cassettes and um just everywhere and the radio that I would always nick at a mum and dad's room and put in my room so I would make sure I was up to date with the top 40 and you know had spare um blank um, cassette, so I could tape the top 40 and pray that the DJ would stop talking mm. so I could get the song clean. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was pretty much my room growing up. Record, it was a mess. play, pause. Record, play, pause. Exactly. I'm waiting, finger, hovering, yeah. hovering, hovering. Okay, do it. Ah, I just clipped him. I just clipped him. That was, that was my life. That was my life. <laughs> a messy bedroom. Very messy. Still is. But, hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> Tidy it. <laughs> nah. Nah. Jess, what about you? I mean, I'm the youngest of four, so we all had to like sort of graduate up through the house, uh, and I didn't get the big bedroom right at the top uh, in the attic until all of my brothers had, by this point, left home. Um, and uh, But, yeah, I had the big bedroom. It was amazing because my parents never, ever came up there because it was up some stairs. And, frankly, when you're the youngest of four, they don't really give a shit about you anymore. <laughs> uh, they're just like, oh, I forgot that you existed. Um, so, but it was a massive bedroom. Um, it's absolutely huge and uh, much bigger than my bedroom now. In fact, I've I've gone down in the world, um, and it but it was covered with like I was like really kitsch. Um, what I thought was really trendy and really kitsch, but was mainly from like the reject shop on New Street, like those big <laughs> those big Coke bottles that you put pennies in, and I was like, that's so cool. Um, and but I, I had and I, had, I definitely had one of those like blow up chairs. Oh, yeah. oh you, yeah. that you got from like the gadget shop in the old pavilions. Um, but yeah, and I had massive posters of like Barbarella. I, was, I didn't actually think of myself as being like a massive like feminist back then. Um, but I, like all the posters on my wall were of women like Barbarella and like women in like iconic women like Marilyn Monroe. Uh, I remember once my mom having to shout up because somebody's. Uh, Mum had called in the morning and she just shouted up, have you got a boy called Max up there? <laughs> <laughs> and he, he had to come down and the, the phone was in my parents' bedroom. Uh, so he, and my parents were in bed. <laughs> Talk to his mum while my mum and dad were alive. <laughs> different floor so they didn't care so <laughs> they were very relaxed about that sort of thing um so yeah it was it was it was, it was like the pinnacle of your life once you got to the big bedroom um it was you know the re- you really aimed yeah. for moving on up to the big bedroom but it was really not that much better than any of the other bedrooms and it was a lot more to keep tidy and it was also filthy dirty like dirty mugs and cups <laughs> and uh, like rotting food under my bed and stuff like, really nasty shit. <laughs> Sounds sexy for Max. <laughs> oh, Max's room had, like, wee in bottles in the corner. He was, <laughs> it was a massive step up for Max. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah? I shared a bedroom with my sister, and I never upgraded to the big bedroom because I actually, of all of us, I was the one that left home first, so I, I didn't get that. But she was really messy, and so I spent a lot of time tidying up after her. And I don't think, the minute I got my own bedroom, I don't think I ever really bothered tidying it up ever again. Like, <laughs> and the reason that I do, like, I do beat myself up about it, but the reason that I beat myself about it has changed a bit. Like, in the old days, it was like, oh, I better be tidy in case I, like, bring someone home. And now I think it better be tidy in case I die and the, the ambulance <laughs> has to come in. 
and find me surrounded by plates and pants and stuff. <laughs> Two really hungry cats. Do you have to have a tidy bedroom if you bring someone back? I, well, I, I, I feel like I sh- it should at least be not, like, repugnant. I would say, somewhere between the so two. So I met a woman recently and she was saying you couldn't let somebody come back unless your bed was made. I was like, oh, no, I don't think that. they give a shit about that. <laughs> but like, like they do, I don't know. I've like Sarah was saying well, about her shells, my dad was a carpenter and like a proper, like excellent carpenter. When he died, that was like one of the things that people came up, oh my God, your dad and wood. And, but when he used to go to the pub, <laughs> no, no. When he used to go at the pub on a Saturday afternoon and have a couple of pints and then come home and decide to build something, what he built then was always really shit. <laughs> so we had some shelves that, like, eventually everything just dropped off the end of them because oh, they weren't straight. And my brother had a cabin bed that my dad had built so high up, <laughs> like, so unbelievably high to the ceiling that my brother used to burn his ass on the light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I suppose what's a couple of pairs of pants on the floor, really, compared to that? (laughs) Mick? I'm going to keep it quick because it's nearly time for us to stop, but my posters weren't feminist icons at all. I had a lot of Robbie Williams from Take That and then an equal amount of Scott Bakula from Quantum Leap. (laughs) Good show. Oh, boy. Which one is he? Is he the the one that was leaping? Yeah, Yeah, the the, the leaping. Yeah. My sister exclusively had posters on her wall of uh, Mark Bolin of T-Rex and Chewbacca. (laughs) (laughs) Just those two. That's all she needs. What's he doing? A giant bedroom. It's fine. He's not been in anything since Quantum. Maybe he was in Star Trek of some variety. You think he got stuck? Oh, maybe. (laughs) Al is there with the thing. Do you think he's on his way to sort out Brexit? (laughs) (laughs) No, but Al died. So maybe he did get stuck. Al dies. Yeah. Mickey, it's not, it's not real, love. <laughs> On that bombshell. Okay. That's all we've got time for, except I would like to ask our guests if they have anything they would like to plug. Beverly, what are you up to? Oh, God. Um, well, I returned to Brum in... Oh, it's a long way away now, but October to do a big old tribute to Stevie Wonder and his genius. Oh. Oh. So um, oh, I will good. be doing that. Um... Yeah, that's 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 oh, and a bunch of other stuff, but that's more relevant to, to us here. We're hoping to get listeners outside of Birmingham as well. So, yeah. if there's... well, that's a tour, so that's good to know. So oh, okay, it's ah. a tour. Um, yeah, Web- and lots website? of festivals. Do you have a, a website? Um, com and all the usual socials. Awesome. Yeah. Sarah, I have nothing to plug. <laughs> I know. No, it's not. Oh, it's good. Unless anybody wants to come to Canada with me. Uh, I'm doing some shows. Uh, um, I'd like to plug Standard Issue. Uh, give us a cheer if you've listened to the podcast before. Yes. Give us a cheer if you haven't. Are you going to fucking start? <laughs> no, give it a listen. That's all we ask. Give it a listen. If you like it, carry on. If you don't, keep it your fucking self. <laughs> Also, Sarah wrote a book, and it's still on sale. Oh, it's really cheap as well. Uh, it's been out for ages. It's really cheap. <laughs> Jess? Well, just to plug a hole in the economy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, really, I mean, if you live in Yardley, do vote for me. I mean, I'm an excellent constituency MP, so, you know, you could do that. And if you don't live in Yardley, you could move there. <laughs> And then vote for me. So maybe do that, yeah. I'm going to enjoy my relationship for a few more months and then <laughs> obviously I have to give the Prime Ministership. <laughs> it's the will of the people, Mickey. I know, it's the will of the people. Well, <laughs> Hannah? Well, only what Sarah said, really. We do do um, other, other events, um, but they are mostly in London for the time being. Um, so if you find yourself in London do go to our website Um, (laughs) London loves it when you boo them as well they love it (laughs) how we start every show are you from London boo (laughs) but also support this this is our first time at this festival I think this is the first time this festival has run this pod fest Uh, support other things because we'd love to come back next time wouldn't we absolutely yeah it'd be good 
big thank you to Rachel and Claire for doing an absolutely sterling job. Yeah. Yes. Woo. Rachel, vibrator. Vibrator. Yours is massive. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. And please join me in thanking our guests, Beverly Knight, Sarah Milliken, Jeff Phillips, Hannah, and I'm Mickey.